BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welcome to my Just Jenny podcast. On this Wait Wednesday drop, I have with me Allison Jacobs. She's a stay-at-home mom of two little boys, um, but she's also this fantastic dancer. I mean, just really great, super talented, and now an influencer and content creator. So first off, welcome to my podcast. Hi. Hi, thank you for having me. Thank you so much. So I found you on TikTok, I think like so many people did, dancing. And I always am like, I don't know if it's envy or it's jealousy or which one of those words it is, but I want to move like you and I want to like get up there and do stuff. But I'm always like, Ugh, I'm 53. And yeah, I took hip hop when I was younger or even a young adult. And I used to be a really a decent hip hop dancer, but now I feel creaky and awkward. And yeah. then I watch you and I'm like, oh my God, there's so much joy and so much life in what you do online. And by the way, on TikTok and Instagram, you're at Allison Jacobs with three S's. Um, Doc Jacobs, right, <laughs> with the three S's. Yes. And, uh, and it's just, you're incredible. Oh, thank you so much. You know, I never in a million years would have thought that at 38 is when I downloaded TikTok. I think it was 38, it was during the pandemic. Yeah. Um, that this is where I would be today at 41. Like it just blows my mind. Yeah. You have, um, like almost a million followers or did you cross over a million on TikTok? Not, I, I, I've been sitting pretty at about nine thirty something K. Crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. It's a huge following. And then you also have a big following on Instagram. So I'm on Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, I'm on all of them. It's really, yeah. And so like I started watching you and I love that you are in your thirties. You're not a 20 year old. It was like seeing myself in a sense, like just a mom dancing and you're so good. And then every so often you talk about like, people would be like, how did come you dance so well? And you'd yeah. say, because I danced years ago. So talk to me about that, like your dance history and then kind of where you went and how you got back to dancing just before the pandemic. And then we'll get into kind of the comments and how this has turned into a whole kind of body thing. Yeah, absolutely. So I started dancing when I was like nearly three. Um, and it was just something, you know, that it was like born in my blood. Like I just always loved it. Like I was a late walker and my parents always joke. I just went straight to dancing. Mm -hmm. uh, and I, I loved it. I got really into it. Um, I started then what's now like competition dancing. Like I was in a company at the dance studio and I made it into like their elite company. Um, and just dancing, just the nature of it is you have to be hard on yourself. You have to, I mean, that's, I think with any competitive sport or, or anything, you're constantly trying to get better. Um, but as a teenage girl, a young girl, obviously, like growing up in a leotard with mirrors, you know, you're constantly 
you're not only criticizing yourself, but those around you and you're being compared. I mean, and the adults around you are doing it too. You know what I mean? So it was, um, you know, by the time I, I got into my teenage years, it was just really toxic because my body was not like all the other girls. When I was younger, even at my thinnest or my smallest, mm-hmm. my legs were always just like bigger than the girls around me. And then mm-hmm. once I hit puberty, it was like, they just wouldn't stop growing. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. and I developed really, really disordered eating that I didn't realize was a typical anorexia mm-hmm. because I was three oranges a day and I looked like I was a normal weight, you know? And in fact, it was like, you know, I don't know what you're doing, Allison, keep doing it. You look great. You know, I didn't mm-hmm. look sick. Um, that's then- such, it's so disordered because that's, I mean, I remember, and I'm older than you, but back when I was a teenager, that was like the goal to like yeah. be anorexic without being anorexic, like yeah. eat the bare minimum, be whatever was considered regular sized. I mean, all the language is so right. skewed. And then, right. yeah, now we'll and, be winning. And diet culture in general just normalizes the shit, excuse my language, oh, out fine. of commenting on people's bodies Ugh. and behaving in those ways. You know, the Gwyneth Paltrow thing, when she got on there and talked about, you know, how she ate the, whatever the broth was, and that was like her meal or something. Um, but, you know, it, it took its toll and, you know, it is a very well-documented pattern where you restrict and then you binge, right? So I restricted, I started dieting when I was like seven, eight years old. Um, and then, um, I said, fuck it one day, I just said, fuck it. And I just did not, that's when like the binging started and that behavior started. I put on a lot of weight. And that was, I mean, I was miserable. I was miserable. I hated my body. I hated myself. I felt like the world would be better off without me. And I did attempt to. I'm so sorry. Yeah. Um, How old were you? 16. Oh my gosh. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So. Um, And that was just years of. I mean, we can, I've never gotten into this before, but like I did go, have you heard, you know, Paris Hilton talks about that school she went to, like therapeutic boarding schools. Have you heard about I, I, like not, I didn't real. I didn't click on the link. So like I saw but, a headline, but, but I didn't. But yeah. I, I did, I did go away for two years. It wasn't like a lockdown facility um, like she was at, but it was a therapeutic boarding school. And there was definitely some not so good things that went on there. But at the same time, I feel like it did take me out of the environment that I was in long enough to kind of get my head on straight and heal um, in that sense. Like, it was a lot. There's a lot to unpack with that because, you know, there was other things that I feel like were detrimental in being there. But I got into a good school. I went to Boston University. Mm-hmm. Um, I, so I graduated from that school, went to Boston University. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I was doing really, really well until I wasn't. And I got back into the disordered eating in college when it was like, it's time to reinvent myself, you know? Yeah. So um, I stopped eating. 
I lost weight. Again, I did not look unhealthy. Um, and then in my junior year, I was like, so done with it. And I started like the binging habits again, but that then led into purging. Mm. So then this whole bulimia thing took form, which I guess this is all like a very, like this happens a lot with eating disorders. Like it yeah. goes from one to the other. And I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, and so I dealt with bulimia like for years. I mean, we're talking after I graduated up until I met my husband um, who at the time, you know, we started living together and I realized if I was going to have a family and a relationship, I don't want to jump the gun. Like I was just dating him, but, uh, I couldn't keep up these habits. Right. So at that point with the bulimia, I knew that that was an eating disorder because it was like, you know, yeah. the way it it's obvious. Yeah. Right. So I, um, ended up like finding um, like a facility or something. I went on my insurance and I went somewhere and started the wow. process of recovery and ended up telling him and he was just so wonderful and so helpful um, and just really started to heal what I thought was, was healing myself. But I just, I don't think I was in a place where I was like ready. You know, they say, recovery isn't linear. It was the beginning. You yeah. know what I mean? It yeah. was the um, but again, at this point, I did not realize that I would have this atypical anorexia going on, you know, underneath. Like I just thought when I wanted to be thin and I wanted to fit this beauty standard, this was just the way I had to eat. Right. Right. Yeah. And that's, uh, that's very common. Yeah, and that's, you know, and as obviously we know, bodies come in all different shapes and sizes now, and um, health is really an individual's health. I mean, you are clearly fit. It's not a, it's a, I, I can't dance like you. I can't. I'll fall down. Like I mean, you <laughs> clearly uh, are doing just fine um, from a health perspective, and in terms of your aesthetic, man, like that's up to you. Like that's not. Right. For anybody, but how did you get to that place where you felt almost there had to be a time where you realized your worth couldn't be tied to your so, weight right. anymore? So like fast forward to 2019, my grandmother passed away and like, I just, I, I was not doing great. And I'd asked the primary care physician that I was seeing at the time mm -hmm. who, and now I'm like, this person definitely had an eating disorder because many she do. She had put me on fentermine and kept me on fentermine for like a year, right? So I'd been going to her and then I didn't realize you're not supposed to be on it for a year. And my heart, I was like getting tachycardic and I'd lost, I was, this was, I was at my smallest. I was barely eating. I was doing CrossFit. She had me on fentermine and I just stopped taking it cold turkey because a different doctor was like, oh, you shouldn't really be on it that long. He didn't tell me I should like. I just stopped. Yeah, well, that's a problem with the medical community. Like, and yeah. th that's why anybody, and not specific, not specifically you, anybody right. who who has body and weight stuff, go to an obesity medicine practitioner if you want help with your body. Not whether or not you're you have obesity or you have overweight or you have an eating disorder. These are these are physicians trained 
in all the body stuff. So they would never tell you to go cold turkey off of any medication. I don't, I don't think. I mean, I really think the first thing that somebody should do, and I'll, and I'll, I'll get to it in this story, yeah. be a psychologist. Oh that's, yeah. Well, that's I, within, of right. course. Yeah. Like I, I think that's the part that you have to heal before you even attempt to change your body because totally. if you don't change, you know, that then you're going to go right back to old habits because that's just the way it is. Allison, when I was, when, after my mother died and I think I was, I was close to the heaviest I'd been in my life. And I emailed like a Weight Watchers person who I, who's just great. Love her. Liz Josephsburg. And I've told the story before I was, my mother had just died. And I emailed this coach who worked with people who had like media jobs or whatever. It was like a setup. <laughs> and I said, I'm ready to lose weight. And she wrote me back and she said, no, you're not. Let's talk in a year. Your mother just died. Mm -hmm. And it was the most ethical, correct thing because you have to know what's going on in your yeah. mind and your body and your heart and know what's the right kind of path for you. And support is the way to kind of figure out that answer. Yeah. So that's where this story is going. I ended up, I was in the care of this primary who didn't know what she was doing Ugh. or didn't really care to her. It was, you know, about shrinking people. Um, but I, I stopped the fentanyl, which I didn't realize it was like right before my grandmother died. So it was like the combination of stopping the fentanyl. My grandmother, I was just depressed. I was like brain fogs. I was like, I need, I need help. I need something. So she put me on well, butrin, I don't know. It was like, no, no, no. Oh, I had been on um, another like psychotropic, um, Effexor. Okay. Effexor, I hear it's really tough to get off Effexor. You cannot just stop taking Effexor. Right. I know this, and yeah. In conjunction with that, she was like, just stop taking the Effexor and let's start Wellbutrin 300 milligrams, which you can't, Wellbutrin, like, it's known to like cause anxiety and it like rapid heartbeats, which I was already experiencing issues oh with God. that. Yeah. So long story short, I ended up in the hospital, I had a seizure. And that was the point where I hit rock bottom. I was at such a low. I was so immersed in the restrictive eating that disorder. And I just so happened to like, I was just talking to, I'm like, I need a therapist and a neighbor recommended a therapist. I had no idea. Just so happened to specialize in women's health. And, you know, we started talking about all the things going on with my grandma. And it just, we organically just started talking about, you know, the body thing and the food thing. And it was just like, because of him and those conversations, I realized, holy crap, like I have been living my whole life with these eating disorders, like I have an eating disorder. Mm -hmm. I have had many eating disorders. And um, I got to a point where I was finally readily ready to like start tackling that. And one of the things that we talk about so often in recovery from eating disorders is learning how to move your body joyfully. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, 
you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be Continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. And that when you're exercising, that exercise is not a punishment. It is not meant to help shrink your body or burn your calories. It is literally joyful movement, feeling gratitude. Like, you know, we can't wake up every morning and love the way we look. That's just not reality. No one does. Right. Right. So it's like when you can't love the way you look, we can be grateful for the way we can be grateful for our bodies and what our bodies do for us. Yeah. So, you know, that's where things started in, in 2019 was therapy um, with just, I'm, I love him. He changed my life. He helped me get my life back. And uh, how was your husband with this? So supportive. I mean, I'm very, very, very grateful that, you know, I am with Eric and that he is as supportive of like, he's just, everything. He just thinks anything is possible. He just loves you. Yeah. Yeah. I'm very lucky. Um, so, so you you have this therapist who I have this therapist are doing all the recovery things. Flash forward to 2020, the pandemic starts happening and the world shuts down. I'm doing telehealth. like, Like my, I still am going every week, um, telehealth. And he's like, you know, really, it's important, you know, like to try to find ways to still, you know, maintain your recovery, meditate, move your body, all these things. And I had seen one of my friends and her family like do this TikTok where they were dancing and it, it had come up. She would repost it on Instagram. And I'm like, this is really, this looks like fun. And so I was like, you know what? I'm going to do this. And I, I downloaded TikTok, but I hadn't really used it. Yeah. So I started flipping through it and I would see all these fun dances. And I'm like, I really think I could do this. And so I was like, I'm just going to, I'm going to learn a dance a day. Like it was 100% entirely for the purpose of recovery. And yeah. like, this is the deal I made with myself to like, yeah. hold myself accountable. And it was like, I, I don't even know. I just blinked and all of a sudden there was a thousand people following me. And I didn't really think anything of it. I was like, that's kind of odd. You know, I, I've been on Instagram before doing like makeup stuff and I never got past 3000 people. And here I'd been on TikTok for like, I don't know, a month or something. And then all of a sudden it just kept growing and growing and the comments and the way people were I was connecting with people by dancing around the house. And that was just so crazy to me. It's still so crazy to me. Um, But the other thing that came out of this was people would start to comment about my body looking like it had something called lipedema. But hold off. I want you to go before the lipedema comments. Sure. Here you are reaching a place of recovery. And anyone listening, I would hope knows this. But I'll just say it like recovery is ongoing. 
for everybody and everything, whatever you're in recovery for in life, it's a, an ongoing process and journey. So you are working really hard at this. You've been through hell. You had this terrible time when you're 16, you fought your way back you, to get your mental health to a place where you could have a family, be a mom, like do live a life as you should, right? right. And now you've put yourself out there yeah. and like the thing that was your Achilles heel, now people are, some of them, you know, they're either saying amazing, you're amazing, you're amazing, which is what I saw, or they're starting to come at you about your body, which is like, that wasn't the point of this whole thing. Like you were right. dancing, you weren't dancing and saying, and also look at my body and comment. Right. So how well, did you not kind of lose it or fall back into that like negative voice or negative thinking when the trolls and the assholes emerge? Well, part of everything that I was doing in therapy was learning how to love myself, have gratitude for myself. Like my body is this vessel that allows me to experience life. We all have different bodies. The same person could be eating the same things, doing the same exercise routine, and their bodies aren't going to look the same. Right. And it was also changing the ways that I looked at people. Yeah. And some of the things that we would work on, like who, who are your loved ones? Who, who do you love? Who is in your life? Is, is, is that because of the way they look? Is that because they're, you know, small or no, it's like, whoa, like I never thought about it like that. And then it was like the way that we talk to ourselves, why are we like, he would say to me, the way that you're, you're talking to yourself, would you say that to your children? Right. And I'm like, no. And he's like, well, why don't you start talking to yourself the way you would talk to your children? And right. I was like, like, and it was just talking about how what matters is so the opposite of everything that I've been thinking. So I just, I started looking at myself and my worth and where that came from through mm -hmm. a very different lens. So when I started getting comments about this, I was just like, you know, it didn't, I don't know why it, I, it just, this, this light bulb just switched off in my head where I'm like, it doesn't matter. These are strangers on the internet that don't know me that are literally taking the time to not yeah. only want so sick, people, yeah, but leave a negative, nasty comment. Sick. Yeah. Right. Like I, I can't imagine mm -hmm. with the person I am and how much work I've done on myself, you know, like taking the time. Yeah. Like I'm, not, I'm not saying like I'm perfect in this almighty, whatever, but I would never spend time like hate watching. Uh, of course. Comments. And even if you hate watched, you wouldn't type a comment that said, uh, no, like stupid, who, gross, whatever. I can't even, some of the things people have said, I don't even, I can't even imagine thinking it. Correct. Like Agreed. it hurts my heart for them. It hurts my heart for humanity. I'm like, right. I was so much hate and people's hearts. So, true. so true. great. Yeah. It's sick. It's honestly, I, I've experienced it. So I've, I've been there. I've seen it. I, um, yeah. And you have to kind of, the, the thing that helped me the most, actually, it's really weird is was a leveling off or almost like, um, I wouldn't listen to the people who were like, I love you so much. And I wouldn't listen to the people who were like, I hate you so much. Mm -hmm. I was just sort of like, it's all a bag of bullshit. And yeah. I just want to connect. 
And if I'm lucky enough to connect to one, two, three, a hundred, whatever people, Mm -hmm. then that's great because that's a sense of community. And I think you, you did that. And that is exact. Like, that's exactly why I feel like I want to keep coming back is because of those connections that are made. And because I know how alone and isolated I felt and I would see some people on the internet, whether it was like YouTube, you know, a few years ago where I'd be listening to somebody's story. I don't know, just their vulnerability made me feel like I wasn't alone and that other people were going through this. Yeah. Yeah. I could maybe start to do that for other people made me like the haters. It made it fueled me because I knew that there were young girls impressionable impressionable adults, whatever the age, reading my comments. And I'm like, how many times did people say this shit to me? And I took it and I internalized it. And it started becoming like my self-talk. Fuck that. Like I'm I'm gonna call you out. Yeah. And put you on blast, not because I think it's gonna change your mind or whatever, but because I want to take back that narrative. Like this is my fucking page. Yeah. yeah. I'm gonna, I'm and, gonna make, I'm gonna make content out of it and rewrite the way that, you know, those words are perceived. And that is something that it's taken me a long time. And now it's like, it's just clicked. Like we are so in charge of the way we're, the way we navigate this life, if that makes sense. It does. Well, you're, you're in charge of how you choose to react to the things that people write on the internet. You right. can't control their behavior. You can get a hold on your reaction to it and how right. you want to manage it. And I think you're exactly right. And I think the fact that you keep showing up is so powerful for so many women, regardless of size, because mm-hmm. it doesn't really matter. Nobody yeah. feels great every day, like you said. Right. Many of us feel awkward and strange and off and whatever else. Oh, and yeah. seeing somebody just put themselves out there, it's just that's like, that's all I want is to see another person thriving, another person sort of succeeding and doing like that's inspiring to me. So I think, you know, I think it's, it's great. I just, and I said this to you before we started recording, I just as somebody with like the weight stuff and honestly, it doesn't matter what size you are. If you have the weight stuff, you have the weight stuff. So right. like if you've been, I've been on every side of this issue and I got yeah. receipts, pictures, videos, all go through all my, so it's all there. Um, cause sometimes people will be like, what do you know? You're small. And I'm like, today I'm small, but you know, 10 years ago I wasn't, or 15 years ago, like I've been, I've had it all said and I, and I know what it feels like. So I, how did you kind of like, I guess you said that, that switch flipped mm-hmm. and then the whole lipedema stuff. Yeah. Came up. And so was that part of how then you even realized it went one step further, you were like, wait a minute, on top of the fact that this is absurd that people are assholes, now I'm finding out that this whole thing isn't just an obesity something or a weight something or like. You know, it's interesting when I started to get the comments that, you know, I think you might have lipedema. At first I figured they meant lymphedema. Um, But then I just, I kept getting it like to the point where I couldn't ignore it. So I started Googling lipedema and I was like, whoa, these bodies look like mine. 
what? Like, it was just so weird to me because I always felt like my body was so strange. Like I've never seen somebody with my type of body because especially, you know, if you look at my older um, videos, you can really see how much, like how bottom heavy, how pear shaped um, my body is. But one of the things that it was saying was that like, it's painful to the touch and there's like, I never had that pain. So I was like, I don't, this is just the way my body is. Yeah. And I think a lot of women, you know, it's like the, you've lived your whole life with this body and sure. your body. Um, so I didn't really believe it at first. And then the comments kept coming. And so I was like, I'm going to reach out to a specialist. And I ended up talking to like four or five. And oh, wow. Was, Stage two, like it's 100% confirmed. Um, and I took this knowledge back to my um, doctors here, an endocrinologist, yeah. even um, vascular, like vascular docs. And I was like, what is this? I want to find out more about it. And they're like, it's not a thing. Like, that's not a thing. So I ended up really just... So this was in 2021 that I got diagnosed and wow. I, it was, I feel like the diagnosis, um, not, I feel like it 100% triggered my eating disorder again, because I started body checking. I started restricting. Mm. Um, I started like losing weight because I was not, you know, eating and the compliments started coming, oh. you know, and I always say, stop commenting on people's bodies because you, don't, you. Don't, you don't know no you don't know you it don't could, know it, it could be you know the heart people can be sick I've had people when I when I say that like yeah I'll never forget how, how many times I would get complimented complimented when I was going through chemotherapy and yeah. fighting life and like it's just it's so it's just shitty that horrible I've talked to my therapist about this a lot regardless of what my body was doing, it was always, as soon as my body would start changing, I would get these comments and it's very objectifying. You know what I mean? Yes. We are so much more than our bodies. Like, can we focusing on that? It's VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Cool. And, you know, it's interesting. Um, I was talking to Eric about this. I've talked to my therapist about this. You know, back in the day, my body was like so sexy, so sought after, because it, it meant you had wealth and you could yes. afford everything. It's interesting how our idea of beauty correlates with money. Because now, being smaller, it means that you can afford the right food. You can afford Ozempic. You can afford, you know, all yeah. the things. Where the, you know what I mean? Like, yes. Oh, yeah. It's thin privilege. It's a whole, yes. It's so intertwined and yep. so. Like we're so weak-minded as a species, you know what I mean? It's like, horrible. It, no, the cu- culturally, mm-hmm. it's all it's 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 all not it's all bad on every side of it because it's for someone like you who's now gotten this diagnosis that um, and I had Dr. David Amron on and and I know you're working with him and he is helping yeah. you through this and he talked about lipedema and how 
there is some pushback from the medical community, which happens often with something mm -hmm. that's new and and or so newly to kind of be talked about or investigated or researched the way it's being researched. And uh, and you're not the only person I know with it. I have a friend of mine who also was diagnosed, and she's going to where David Amron works and using one of the doctors there as well um, to help her. And she's been dieting for years. And and when you talk about sort of like diet culture and how we're also screwed up, we really are because you're going to get people who are going to be mad at you for trying to heal this or for changing your body. So like you can't, nobody can win with their body. You can't win if you're too big for people. You can't win if you're too small for people. You can't win if you change your aesthetic. It's like everyone wants to be, I don't know. People want us to have people like yeah. they see and hear what they want as well. Like yeah. I can't tell you how many times I've gotten comments from people trying to be kind, saying yeah. there's nothing wrong with your body and you're beautiful. You don't need the surgery. Fuck you. You're missing the point. Like yes. what I'm trying to spread awareness about is I'm not doing it for like, is there like a cosmetic bonus? Yeah. And it's actually really fucked up because I'm very scared about how I'm going to react psychologically afterwards and how triggering it's going to be for all of those thoughts to come back. And I know all the comments that are going to be made, but I'm doing this because I don't want to end up in a wheelchair and it's medically necessary. The disease has progressed from the first consultation I had, it was going to be two surgeries. Then it was two and a half. And now just recently I found out it's going to need to be three. Yeah. So I think you're going to find, cause you have so much support around you that you'll be able to manage that stuff. When I, I was 23 and I did a, or 22 and I took a summer and I over-exercised and under eight. And it's the only time in my life, I think I had a diagnosable eating disorder. You know, I think everybody's a little disordered, but, oh, sure. I, but then I definitely had a touch of the exercise bulimia and it took me, I mean, years to get to a place where, like you just said, exercise has to be fun or I'm mm -hmm. not doing it. I cannot, mm -hmm. it cannot hurt. It cannot be too hard. It cannot be anything that makes me want to cry because it used to make me want to cry every time I get on a fucking treadmill. Whereas now I love my treadmill because it's fun to watch a TV show. <laughs> like it's a whole different kind of thing. But the minute I got to like that weight that everybody started commenting and men started looking, 22 year old me, I was so terrified. I, I couldn't, I couldn't do it. I couldn't stay there. It was, it was awful. And I ate and I ate and I ate and I gained it back plus. And, and for years that was how I lived until my head and my body were mentally ready. So I think you're getting yourself to a place where you're going to be able to go through this process mm -hmm. and, and let it do for you what you need it to do. There is zero shame in changing your aesthetic as a byproduct or not of, mm -hmm. of what this is. So don't give yourself any hard time about it. Mm -hmm. I do think it's an important conversation to have with the lipedema community as well. And it's something I've been talking to Dr. Amron um, about is, you know, all of these patients that he sees, all of these women. And I know that there are also, um, you know, some men and I don't want to just say women anymore. Sure. I know it impacts people, mm -hmm. but growing up, living their entire lives, feeling so much self-blame and shame and doctor after doctor just saying, eat less, move more. Yeah. 
if, if you don't have an eating disorder, you've got some sort of body image issue, right? Yes. It's a negative self image. And then you go through these surgeries and you're measuring because you've got to get compression. You're, the diet that's recommended is extremely stringent because mm-hmm. you want to see if the swelling's gone down, if, you know, like if the surgeries worked, like it's, you know, for people that are ripe and ready for an eating disorder, like it's pretty triggering. Yeah. Um, so I'm really hoping you know, and, and becoming involved more with the lipedema community that we can make some more changes to where there's more support pre and post-op through the journey, psychologically speaking, because it's necessary. And when you go in for a bariatric procedure, bariatric surgery, that's part of it. Mm-hmm. And it's for this as well, in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah. I mean, I think the more support you have, the the better off you'll be. And I think yeah. when you're put on, I mean, I would think, and I guess, I don't know, I, I was talking to him about whether or not the new medications can be helpful for people with lipedema. And he, do, he did say like, sometimes there are patients that will combine the surgery and they'll go on a GLP-1 agonist um, as sort of in combination because part of the problem with lipedema for people is they try to lose weight and they can't lose weight because it's lipedema. And right. so that adds to the frustration which can then lead to a sort of attitude of, of not caring because it's too frustrating. It's like that, right. that fuck it mentality, which I don't blame anyone for having when you're banging your head against a wall, thinking something should be working and it's not, that's incredibly frustrating. Yeah. So, like, I feel like you should have support on every turn for this because it will be hard. I mean, it's hard to restrict food or go on a very like, specific kind of food plan. It fucking sucks. Right. Well, and you know, I'm lucky for the fact that I have a psychologist that is very well educated. So in- good. Yeah. Um, you know, cause we talked about like a semaglutide. Yeah. Going- it's like you, it is a very slippery slope for anybody that has had an eating disorder yeah. to-, to purposefully be trying to Right. So he's like, for you, I really think, you know, it, it's so important to change the behaviors and the way our mind is because the second he's like, cause I've, I've dealt, you know, with this and people going on the semaglutide and having the bariatric surgery. Like if you don't get your mind in the place where you're ready to do this for the right reasons, yes, right back there, you're going to end up. I'm so glad you have this doctor, this psychologist. Yeah. Oh, he's wonderful. And, and it's true. I mean, and it's like the studies will show, like, you won't just gain back the weight you lost. You will gain it back. Plus, I think he said like 20% or something. Right. And I'm living proof of that. Right. I mean, right. Function with lipedema. Um, yeah. So how does the surgery work? So, so it's over different times, right? Not all so at once. Three is in December wow. and then January. And then February. Wow. And then you wear compression for like a month every time? Six weeks? I don't remember. I need to look at it again. The compression has been really triggering for me. And this is something I brought up to Dr. Amron because they send you like a, it's like a sheet with like the outline of a body and there's squares and lines to like every single area that you need to measure. Uh I have like, 
100% been very reluctant to read about the compression. Um, Maybe do that with your therapist. So I'm, what I'm going to do is my actual, my primary care um, is in the same office as my psychologist. Like they work kind of hand in hand. New primary care. My new, yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Good. Okay. Yeah. Um, and he is cl- very close to the psychologist and good. they team. Um, and so what he, my psychologist has recommended is going to the primary and doing blind measurements where okay. I know I don't even see it. I will just go back as often as I need to. Yep. So they can, it is, it's necessary to get the compression to fit the way it needs to fit. That's but, so smart. It's mm-hmm. exactly right. And that's something I was talking to Dr. Amon about that I think he's going to start to suggest with incoming patients. Yeah. Because he was like, he, he was like, never even thought about that. I love, I did that when I was pregnant with my first child because my doctor was really awful and fat shamed me and mm-hmm. it was really traumatic and yeah. I almost didn't go back for my next baby. And then I did because I had a healthy baby and also because I had no voice at that point because I was younger. And, uh, and but I wrote him a letter before I went back, before I got pregnant with my second child. And I was just like, if I'm gonna come back to you, I can't, we can't do it like this. You can't be the one weighing me. Mm-hmm. And I will get weighed at my other doctor's office who deals with people with weight stuff. And yeah, like I, and this is going back my son's almost 25 and my daughter's 23. So this is going back 24 years when I wrote that letter because it was unacceptable. Yeah, because that, that's what I'm saying. Like there is something yeah. very empowering when you finally use your voice. Yeah, it was and, empowering. And yep. to like stand up for yourself and yeah. what I'm like, that's- It was that's cool. Not, he was yeah. cool. It was fucking, it was cruel. And I then, and I had a, thankfully I had a doctor and a dietitian and they weighed me backwards and they, literally would just like, just eat protein when you eat a car or just do this when you do. And nobody made me feel bad. I'm sure I gained the same thing in both pregnancy. Like I didn't know. I didn't know the numbers and I didn't want to. Right. Right. There's no point in knowing it. No, it's fine. You're exactly, and you're going to get the stuff done that you need to get done. Let them measure you. Move on. Exactly. So yeah. That's what we're going to do. <laughs> wow. Okay. So that's December. So Dece- this is so exciting and also so scary. I know. I was talking to one of my best friends and her daughter is having a bat mitzvah. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were like, am I going to be able to go? And I was asking them at the office and they're like, you'll be fine because it's in February, but the amount of time between January and the date it is in February, they're like, you're just going to have to get creative with the compression. <laughs> Right. Just wear a different kind of dress or whatever. Yeah. I will wear the compression proudly. You'll be, oh, right. You can wear compression. That's like shiny. You could do shiny pants. Right. That's true. That's compression, like spandex compression pants. And then you put on like a cape, like a, like a, I love like a long duster. Oh, cute. And, and, And are you planning to take people along? on the whole lipedema surgery journey? Are you going to be sharing this on social? Like, how do you want to deal with that? So I was, you know, in part of talking with all the doctors that I talked with, I really wanted to make sure that I found somebody that I felt safe with, that I knew would do a good job, that I knew would take care of me. And that also would be open to using my platform to raise awareness because I really want to, I feel like it's really cathartic for me. Like yeah. I could 
like thinking about like how painful everything was growing up dance and how now like it is what it is and that like I can potentially like help young girls not have to live a life like this like yeah. it's yeah. really really rewarding and Dr. Amron's been really wonderful and really eager to learn he spent like an hour talking to my therapist to try to learn the psychology behind it and I just yeah. think that we're really good things I mean I think you are doing really good things I think surgery or not or talking about this or not I think you're already there thank you I mean, you've made a huge difference for people. It's crazy. Not you have though. I mean, that's the thing because again, like I see you and I just see an incredible dancer. Um, yeah. But God, how cool that you're finding your way. I'm very grateful. Yeah. And also you should be proud of yourself that you can rely on yourself to make the good choices that you're not going to fall into that place that was dangerous where you were unwell. Like you have fully set up a whole team around you I, to succeed. It really is. It's incredible. Work all the time. Like I have all these doctors now around me that like really care. Of course. <sighs> but you did that. Like you realized you're worth that. I think there are so many people that they give up because they don't, they don't realize they're worth it. Yeah. You know, everything has happened for a reason. And the timing of all of this has happened for a reason. And it's hard, like getting some of the hate comments and all that, but it's just really lift fire under my ass to like, want to fight for myself and to fight for the people that relate to me. You know what I mean? Like it's, yeah, a well, that, I think that's what you're doing. I think that's what you're doing. And I think you're also, um, kind of standing up for the because it's it's not saying that there's anything wrong with being the size that you are or being any size saying that you're also going to have the surgery and feel better and be healthier because you have this diagnosis like you're not betraying the body positivity movement or fat acceptance or whatever is the name that people want to call whatever the movement might be you're actually doing everything right. You're taking care of yourself and you're having agency over your body. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You get to do that. Sure. And I wasn't even going to until I started to experience pain with it. Right. That's, that's when I started to get really, really scared, especially as it's progressed. Like it's, yeah. it's scary. Yeah. Oh man. You look at my labs and everything like that. I go every year and I am perfectly healthy and fit. And, and fine, you know, yeah. this, this diseased fat that is getting, yeah. it's becoming more and more and becoming more painful and putting a lot of pressure on my joints. Yeah. So you don't need that. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you for sharing the whole story. And people have to follow you at Allison.Jacobs with three S's on social media, all the channels, YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, wherever. Um, I'm excited to watch all of it. And you just have to keep dancing. You just have to like, I, you need to be dancing in that hospital before they put you under. You need them right there in the garments, be moving and then boom, you're out. Um, yeah. <laughs> Because it's really life-affirming to watch someone just sort of choose to, to take care of herself. 
Thank you. I appreciate it. I really thanks for being on my podcast. Thanks for having me.